Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Hey, hey, welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. Welcome to the newcomers. Awesome to have you here tuning in. And of course, a big giant hug to my dedicated listeners. I am feeling much better. I'm feeling good. And of course, as always, I am super excited to be in this room with you right now. I hope that you had an exciting, productive week, and hopefully you have some magic happening in your life. So we're going to jump straight into tonight's discussion, but before we do, I would love to do a quick check-in. It only takes a few short moments to calm down the nervous system, and we do this by focusing on our breath. So if you can, depending on where you are, close your eyes and place your hand on your heart. And I want you to just let the world fall away for one minute. See it all disappear. You're now present with my voice and with your breath. And I want you to focus on that air circulating in and out of your body. Now let's just run a quick survey of the body and take note of any current sensations. What are you experiencing? And just breathe as you do this. And then I want you to ask yourself this question today. What kind of healing do I need most right now? And then ask yourself, am I ready to receive it? And just take a few short moments to process that. Now, before we come back to doing whatever we were doing, let's just take a deep cleansing breath in through the nose. Hold that in. And I want you to release that through the mouth. And with that release, You are removing any negative energy that you've been holding inside of your body. And if you need, you can do this a few more times. I'm going to go ahead and start. Thank you for participating in these check-ins for those that do. You are doing your body a really big favor. (laughs) So thank you for joining me in doing that. Now, tonight we are going to talk about relationships, marriage, and divorce. So what we're going to cover is key information that's very important to know about a partner prior to maybe getting into a marriage. Also, some common predictors that a divorce is in your future and how to create a long-lasting healthy conscious bond 
with the partner of choice. So the world of dating and finding a spouse has altered, as we all know, significantly since the early 20th century. That wooing process was considerably more private. It was an unemotional affair prior to the late 1900s. Traditionally, it was women who would meet a number of men while their parents were present to pick the most ideal match for this marriage. Money and social standing being important to consider, so it was less about falling in love and more about finding a society approach to match. There is still an element of this phenomenon, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that we exist in some people today. These hypergamous women are often seen as exploitive or maybe unambitious, and they're usually labeled as those gold diggers. However, even as women earn more university degrees than men today, they're still 93% more likely to marry men with higher incomes. Dating is becoming more difficult, and this isn't because of the pandemic. I mean, it didn't help, but over a half of all Americans believe that dating has been more difficult over the past 10 years. And a majority of discovering a potential partner prospect depends on the internet. The world is changing and so are people and so are their standards. For some, you know, this isn't about swiping left or swiping right on some of these dating apps. They want depth and that's very hard to find through a screen, right? By the way, if you go onto Netflix and watch that movie Tinder Swindler, it's really crazy. It's worth the watch, but it's amazing what people are doing out there. So anyway, let's continue. So if you're fortunate enough to meet someone whom you have that strong connection and attraction to, that's absolutely amazing, right? However, how well we get to know them is vital. So many people rush into commitment and then marriage while they're still in that honeymoon phase of their relationship. And then soon after that chemical reaction dies off, one or both are wondering what the hell happened. But the honeymoon stage doesn't have to die. People just get comfortable. And in my opinion, they get lazy in the relationship. Relationships take work and effort just like your job does. And people forget that relationships need life. And it's up to both parties to breathe oxygen into it. Otherwise it suffocates, right? In any case, before committing, before exchanging vows, I want to share some excellent questions that would be helpful to ask yourself and your spouse before taking that step. And if you have a pen available, these are really excellent to really write down and think about. The first one is, what differences do I love now? Like, what, what are the differences between you and your partner that you love now, but may find very grating or annoying after five years? Second one, how do we individually and collectively handle stress? How do you deal with it? How do they deal with it? What is my partner's relationship to drugs, alcohol, gambling? How are we as roommates? What is our outlook on kids? And how do we differ with discipline? 
How do we handle conflict and how can we be better at it? How is your partner's relationship with their family? And how are you with each other's families? How are you with your family? Is there something that I'm expecting to change in this relationship or about this person? Another one is how compatible are we with our money styles? And how do we handle our finances once we're married? Do we have separate accounts or do we share all assets? What kind of debt do either of you have? And how do you plan on fixing that? Who needs more free time or alone time? And is that okay with you? How should the household chores be divided? How stuck are we with our jobs? And how would we be affected if one got fired or wanted to leave? How okay am I with my partner's closeness to others? What are the differences between religion and spirituality? What is your expectations about where to live geographically? How important is the upkeep in physical appearance? How's your sex life? How do you expect to get sexual needs met if your partner isn't meeting them? How does your partner express their love language? And is that something that you can be okay with for the rest of your life? And I know some of these questions, or a lot of them, do not seem like the most romantic moment in the world. (laughs) But keep in mind that that chemical response of love eventually wears off, like I mentioned. So it's really essential to get to know these aspects of a person on a deeper level. Again, things alter after a couple's been married for a while. We all know that, even if you've not been married, but have been in a relationship for a while, things change. Maybe needs are being met, but you may feel trapped or unhappy. Or maybe your partner doesn't seem to understand you or has grown cold. Maybe they're no longer interested in the same things that you used to be. Is your marriage on the verge of ending in divorce? This is up to you to decide by certain behaviors in the relationship. John Gottman is an American psychologist and he's a professor at the University of Washington. Gottman has spent many years, four decades, researching divorce prediction and marital stability in marriages. Gottman coined the term the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? These are bad forms of communication that highly predict divorce. These Four horsemen include criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. And I think if we've been in relationships, we're all familiar with these. And the problem is when when all four of these are engulfed in the relationship, 90% of the times, that's going to mean divorce. And over these years, you know, Gottman has analyzed a lot of these relationships and he's determined 
what factors may be aided or hindered relationship health. How he went about doing this is set up something called a couple's lab. So it's like a, a home and there was cameras there. And these couples knew that the cameras were there, but they still went about their business. So he would monitor and document the physiological and behavioral factors in between the couples. 69% of marital disagreements are never resolved and some perpetuate, they continue over and over and over again, just due because of personality differences or whatever. But he does state that the masters of marriage, those have been together for forever, know how to address these difficulties in a more peaceful manner. So I want to go deeper into talking about what these four horsemen kind of entail. The first one is criticism. I think we all know how it feels to feel criticized by someone, and I'm sure we've criticized others, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes intentionally. And the act of criticizing your spouse, this is attacking their character, their nature, rather than really concentrating on the behavior that you found offensive or that upset you, right? It's important to talk about the differences, what was happening rather than criticizing your spouse for their personality or character in the process. And this is common. It happens all the time. Let me give you an example. I'm disappointed that you didn't take the trash out. Rather than me saying, I can't believe you didn't take the trash out. See which one is more polite. This horseman, though, is more drawn into conflict by women than by men. So women are more prone to criticizing than men are. And the first consequence of criticism is that it really hurts. And like I said, nobody likes to be criticized. It's very painful and it's damaging. And especially if you've experienced this as a child, you're already insecure and defensive and you might have a, a negative self-image and a low self-esteem. So think about that for others before throwing this criticism out there. And I know, like I said, it's more common in women than it is men, but still some men do use this tactic. Rather than using words like, it's always you, you never, you always, instead of I wish. So it's just important to express herself from the heart space. Some alternatives is whatever takes place, it's always important to do it in a suitable place, behind closed doors, between the two of you. And when you're conversing, you can use warm body language and a calm tone of voice. So instead of attacking, we want to focus on 
the actual problem. And by utilizing I words to explain what you believe, how you feel, what you want to see happen next, be gentle, be diplomatic, be clear in the description of what's taking place, how are you feeling, and refrain from analyzing or judging it. The next big one is defensiveness. Another common one, when a person refuses to take the criticism or they try and deflect without responsibility for their behavior and actions. This is a common response to criticism. When we believe we're being maybe unfairly accused of something, we're going to immediately become defensive. When we don't want to accept responsibility for our own choices or behaviors, we're going to look for excuses right, to cast ourselves as victims rather than accepting responsibility. So you're basically saying, the problem isn't me, it's you. Some alternatives is to always accept full responsibility for your own actions and refrain from blaming others. Express remorse or a desire to be forgiven if necessary if you want to develop yourself and your relationship rather than taking, you know, words or comments personally. The third big one is contempt. This is defined as any speech or nonverbal behavior that assaults your partner's sense of self with the goal of insulting or mentally abusing him or her, regardless of the context. It's clearly disrespectful for your spouse and places you in a superior position. The eye rolling, the sneering, name calling, harsh humor, even sarcasm. These are all examples of that type of behavior. And contempt is the most harmful in relationships. Public contempt is particularly hurtful and dangerous. And I've seen this. It's humiliating to a partner. I've seen it out in public where the wife is yelling at the husband or the husband is yelling at the wife. Humiliating them. And just think of when it's done in front of a group of people. Even with contemptuous facial expressions that can convey the same type of message. So just be mindful of your body language. Some healthy alternatives would be to be nurturing by regularly expressing and conveying respect and even admiration for one another. Make praises a common theme in your daily life, in your daily routine. Be honest about it. You know, concentrate on their positive characteristics, on their positive attributes and their positive behaviors. Show love on a consistent basis. Finally, last but not least of the four is stonewalling. We all know what this is. Men are very familiar with this. This is when a person shuts down, they distance themselves, 
And this is not just about men. Everyone does this at some point, but it's more common in men. They distance themselves. They don't want to hear it. They turn their back. And for women, it's it's that criticism. But 85% of stonewallers from Gottman's research were men. But if women have this in a relationship, if there's a woman stonewalling, it's a strong indicator of divorce. And one thing that happens when men shut down and don't want to hear it, they turn their back or they run from problems. And when this takes place, when stonewalling takes place, it causes a physiological arousal. It really just intensifies the problem even more. It's just like throwing fuel on the fire. Rather than stonewalling someone, some great alternatives would be to accept the need to take a little break from the conversation. Tell your partner, I need to just step away for a few moments. And you can use the techniques that I share with you to just become present, calm down, slow your breathing down. You can, you know, sit, find prayer, whatever works for you. You can do that, do the deep breathing, a gradual muscle relaxation. And then you can return to the conversation with more collected thoughts. Because when we approach a problem with that physiological arousal, when we're in that state, our hearts get all worked up, right? And the heart starts racing when we're, when we're upset. And when our hearts exceed over a hundred beats per minute, our bodies begin to secrete adrenaline. And then the arteries are tightening up. This cuts off blood supply to the gut and kidneys. This raises our blood pressure. And when we're in that state, you cannot think straight. You're confused. Your mind is not right. So it is really important to step away rather than having a conversation when your head's about to pop off, right? So all four of these issues have a huge impact on relationships. But one thing that Gottman said is that if contempt is present in a relationship. This is the best indicator for divorce. There is hope though. There's hope now that you know, and you're more aware of some of these behaviors that's taking place. And if you're aware of them in the moment, that's even better. You stop yourself and even have this conversation with your partner about Gottman's four horsemen. Sit down with your partner and talk about it. How do we go about creating a more conscious, loving bond with one another? Gottman has seven ideas and some relationship building exercises to try. And one thing that he mentions is enhancing your love maps. And love really is in the details. So it's about being aware of your partner's emotions. Happy couples 
are well versed in their person's life, their partner's life. They know what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. And that's part of the magic to keeping their marriage alive. Love maps are the portion of the brain where we store essential knowledge about our partner's life. You know your partner's favorite movies, their present stressors, what are their life goals? And they know yours as well. This is the love map. Also, you want to nurture your fondness and admiration. Happy couples respect and admire one another, like I had mentioned. According to Gottman, a happy long-term partnership requires affection and admiration. And if any of these are, are lacking, the marriage is doomed. Tell your partner you appreciate whatever. I appreciate. And use that as a practice to remind your loved one that you care. And you can also, Gottman advises individuals to mention three or more good qualities about their partner and use some type of an example for each. And then read that list aloud to your partner. Another one would be to turn toward each other instead of away from one another. And romance doesn't have to be anything crazy, right? Romance can be in the mundane day-to-day. Leaving a love note in the morning on the pillow or in their lunchbox. That's real-life romance. When you keep it alive, you're letting them know that they're valued. When you're talking to one another, turn towards one another when speaking. Be supportive to one another when they're having a rough day. Or just spend a few minutes to listen to your wife's or girlfriend's unpleasant dream or horrible day. Instead of saying you're too busy, just say, we'll address this later. It provides the foundation for connection and desire. And these couples have greater emotional bank accounts than others. This is what separates good marriages from unhappy ones. They fill each other's emotional bank accounts. The next one is let your partner influence you. Happy couples work together to understand each other's sentiments, right? They work together to find a common ground. Allowing your spouse to influence you means that you're acknowledging and respecting both partners in the relationship, both persons. Another one is solve solvable problems. According to Gottman, there's two categories of marital issues. There is resolvable disputes and intractable ones. The issues are situational with no underlying conflict. So how do we deal with resolving conflicts? Start the dialogue softly without judgment. Keep calm. If you feel overwhelmed, 
Again, take a 20-minute pause. That's how long it does take the body to relax, 20 minutes. Compromise. This is another really big one. When you're in the middle of a dispute, it's really crucial to consider your partner's viewpoint. Gottman has an exercise where he has each couple, each partner, draw two circles, one smaller within the other. And in the smaller circle, you write down the non-negotiables. And then you make a list of the compromises in the larger one. And this is when you share and seek common ground with one another. And look at how you can achieve them. Accept one another's flaws. You can't really compromise unless you're willing to accept your partner's imperfections and and let go of the if-onlys, or if-only-he, or if-only-she. And finally, overcoming gridlock. It's that stalemate where you're feeling that your aspirations are being unfulfilled. So many people, and I see this so often, so often within relationships where they have these goals and dreams and they are unsupported by their partner. They keep it a secret. They're working on different things on the side because they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to hear it from their partner. And this is so important to support one another on your dreams and aspirations. And if they're not, it can really tear a a couple apart, a marriage apart. To be together, you have to support one another in so many different ways. So that's why I think it's really important to really look at some of the questions that I shared in the beginning of this podcast before you go fully in to a lifelong marriage. Because a lot of times people just jump right in and then they're like, oops, this person is not going in the same direction as me. (laughs) So there you have it. That is all I have for you tonight. I hope that you gained some kind of value from this episode. I know when we're in relationships, whether we're single, married, in a commitment, regardless, life is way too short to not be happy. You know, and and maybe you're in a marriage and you may not be happy. And I know a lot of people feel not the greatest in their marriage because they feel like they're lacking something within it. But it's a matter of really sitting down, pushing aside the grudges, the resentment, the residue of anything that maybe caused pain in the past and and set that aside. If you really want to work it out, sit down and, and offer this type of information to your partner and try and work on a plan to really get on the same page, right? You fell in love at some point to, you know, make that step to get married or be in that commitment. So maybe this will help you, maybe not. But regardless, I am sending you so much love and light. And I am so grateful for you for tuning in tonight. I always have such a fun time hanging out here with you. (laughs) 
and I look forward to next week. If you guys have any topic ideas, questions, suggestions, please feel free to send them to late night talks with Amy Jo at gmail.com. Okay, guys, be well and always remember.